Blog Talk Radio.
try to pick me up, but I'm your Jesus on my side. So bad I thought it was night. But ain't no one was wrong, and ain't no one who came and laid down his life. And I got lost in the fight. But the enemy can't stop me, cause there's a calling on my life. So when I'm crying, don't last too long. So big on stepping and make it Everybody, and welcome to tonight's show. I'm going to do a quick test call, make sure you guys can hear me okay. Give me a minute here. Okay, I think you can. I think you can hear me okay. 
But welcome to tonight's show. I am your host tonight, Tanisha. I'm not sure if Terrence is joining us tonight. I know he was taking a nap earlier, um, so hopefully he does come in and join us. But as for now, I am your host, Tanisha, and today is August 30th, 2023, at 7.08 p.m. Central Standard Time. So glad to be here. And our other host has arrived. He made it. Hello. <laughs> so I was just reading about the super rare blue moon that's going to happen tonight. So make sure you guys take a peek outside and check it out. It's supposed to be, um, let's see. It says a rare super blue moon will arise Wednesday night, appearing slightly larger and brighter than ordinary full moons. The next moon of its kind won't be seen until January 2037, according to NASA. So what is a super blue moon? Um, it says during a super moon, the moon looks slightly brighter and around 14% larger than when it's farthest from Earth per NASA, though it may be difficult to perceive the size difference. The blue moon doesn't refer to color. It's um, used to describe a second full moon in a calendar month, which typically only has one full moon. The coming supermoon is a blue moon since it's the second one to occur in August and after the Sturgeon supermoon rose at the beginning of the month. Um, so, yeah, it's supposed to be happening about 9.30 Eastern time. So that's going to be 8.30 Central time, um, which is, what, 6.30 Pacific time, I believe. I mean, uh, yeah. Don't quote me on that. Don't don't I mean I don't know if I'm extremely accurate. I know that Central is an, an hour away from Eastern. I do believe Pacific is two hours away from Central. So make sure you take a look. Um, it's going to appear full until around Friday morning, but I guess the super um, blue moon is set to appear tonight. So let's be on the lookout for that. So of course you might be asking, um, what does Scripture have to say about? The blue moon. Well, scripture doesn't specifically talk about the blue moon, but scripture does talk about things that we will see before the appearance of Christ, and we know that we are in the end times. So if we go to Luke 21, 25, it says, there will be signs attesting miracles in the sun and moon and stars, and on the earth there will be distress and anguish among nations in perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea and waves. Um, 26 says people fainting from fear and expectation of the dreadful things coming on the world for the very powers of the heavens will be shaken. Um, then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with transcendent overwhelming power subduing the nations and with great glory. So we know that there's going to be rare occurrences, things happening um, prior to the return of Christ, which a super moon apparently is a super blue moon is, um, is a rare thing. And we know of course that there's, things going on um, right now between the different nations. There's um, things that are causing people to be fearful. I was just reading a study that um, 2021 had some of the highest numbers of uh, suicides. People are afraid. You know, things are changing. Now they're uh, gearing up for the next round of shutdowns, right, because of this new variant, they're saying, of covid Mask mandates are going to start coming back. Thankfully, here in Texas, um, our governor signed a bill that public um, entities cannot require mask mandates or vaccine mandates. Um, so we're we, we're safe from 
some of that. I mean, private entities, of course, still can do what they want to do. But a lot of people were um, kind of losing it during the last shutdown and the last um, max uh, vaccine mandates and mask mandates. Um, people were afraid. Um, people are starting to be afraid now now that they're saying that these uh, that this new variant has been found recently in, in New York sewage water tests, which means that it's here. So people are starting to become afraid. So we as believers, we we are not afraid. We know that these things are are supposed to happen because the Bible has given us prophecy and prophecy are things to come. So um, I'm excited about what's happening. I'm excited about the return of the Lord and just doing my part and what um, he's called me to do during this time in the earth as we prepare for his return, as we um, speak to people and as we minister the gospel, I want to read something to you. I just I forgot about it until just now. I'm going to go grab something real quick, a uh, dream that I had. Um, give me a minute. I'm going to go grab one of my uh, notebooks, and I'm going to read it to you. All right, I'm back. Just thought of this now, but I've been reading some of my old dream journals which I highly recommend if you have, um, if you dream, I dream every night. Um, sometimes they're pizza dreams. Sometimes they're prophetic dreams. Sometimes it's just, you know, law and order SVU late at night dreams. But I know uh, when the dreams are, are messages from the Lord. And so I write them down. So I was reading some of my dream journals uh, this week and this one that I'm going to read to you. Uh, I forgot about this one, which is why you should write them down. Um, and I remember when I wrote it down, it didn't make sense to me, but now it completely makes sense. And I, it makes so much sense now. I don't know why I didn't understand it when I had it. So anyways, let me read it. Uh, bear with me because I have doctor's writing. So I might struggle reading my own writing. Um, I said, today is November 3rd, 2022. About a week ago, I had a dream that there was a famine and I was at the grocery store, and there was no meat. People were panicking, and then I saw that there were several packs of lamb. The packs were small, but there were plenty. I told the people there was meat, and when the people saw it, saw it, <laughs> when people saw it, they didn't want it, even though they were desperate for meat. They were complaining that it was lamb, and it made me sad. Then they were refusing, and re that they were refusing and rejecting it. Let me read that again. Now that I know what it says, I said, "Today is November third, twenty twenty-two. About a week ago, I had a dream that there was a famine, and I was at the grocery store, and there was no meat. People were panicking, and then I saw that there were several packs of lamb. The packs were small, but there were plenty. I told the people there was meat, and when the people saw it, they didn't want it, even though they were desperate for meat." They were complaining that it was lamb, and it made me sad that they were refusing and rejecting it. I know what that means now. Maybe once you heard it, you probably knew off, off top, but there's going to be a, 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 like a spiritual famine, and uh, people are going to be looking to eat something, right? And, and I'm going to be saying, hey, here's Jesus, right, because he's the lamb, and people are going to reject it, even though they're desperate, even though they are, you know, people are desperate, they'll eat anything. But some of these people are still going to be rejecting the message of Christ, and it made me sad. Um, and that really just stood out to me, that dream, 
when I read it. Because um, for me, it's encouragement that I just keep going. Everybody's not going to reject the Lord, but some people are. And you would think that when things get really rough and things get really rocky, it, it'll be easier to minister the good news and provide hope to people. But it, it likely will not. A lot of people will be angry and prideful um, and they will still reject the message. But as believers, we still keep doing the work. We all have a job to do. God called us to be alive in this time, right? Where we didn't just slip through the cracks. Um, we're supposed to be here. And so we've got to just focus on uh, doing what we need to do and and gaining our 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 joy from the Lord and recognizing the signs and recognizing what's going on around us. We have to have awareness of what's going on. We can't get sucked into what they're telling us to believe. We have to know what the truth is. You got anything? No. <laughs> Terrence is here, but I think he's still sleeping. Um Let me pull up another scripture that I'd highlight it. Luke 10, 19. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. We have to, like, know that. It is time for us to really get into our word. What does the Lord say about us? Because this is red, right? So red means this is written or said by uh, Jesus Christ himself. So it's important for us to know what does he have to say about all these things? Because, yeah, he's going to call us to minister to people. To, to He's going to strategically place us um, in different places to be a light. Um, and we can't be afraid. We have to know the authority that we possess as believers, and we have to stand on that no matter what's coming because it's going to come. The attacks, they come. That's just part of, you know, doing the right thing. That's part of yielding to the call that God has on your life. And, of course, when you do that, the enemy is going to get mad and going to try to attack you. But you have to know that, again, according to Luke 10, 19, Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. Let's read that out of the King James. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Just like no weapon formed against you will prosper. What does it mean to prosper? Some people be like, seem like the pro the weapons are prospering. What does it mean to prosper? Let's look it up. It means to succeed. So the weapons might, you know, they might form, they might do a little something, but they're not going to succeed. Because a weapon has a, a, a people's a weapon is designed to do something. It's it's usually designed to. Uh, kill <laughs> or destroy or harm, right? Kill, steal, and destroy. Sound familiar? So it, it's not going to succeed. And you have authority. You have the power. 
You do. It might feel like everything else has the power. It might even look like everything else has the power, but you truly have the power and you have to walk in your authority, especially in these times. Because last week, if you tuned in, we talked about how we're entering into a blowed over the doorpost season. And it was cool to me that we were able, if you listened into Randy's Thursday show, that we were able to do the blood over the doorpost. And, and Randy hasn't done one of those in years. He was able to get on Zoom. You know, we all hopped on Zoom, or, or you still was able to call in the blog talk. But you, if you want to watch it, you could hop on Zoom. And he did a blood over the doorpost, which was exciting to me because the Lord gave me this, um, the door over the, bo- the door over the blood post season. He gave me this months and months ago, um, but told me that we're about to enter into that season. And for those who didn't tune in, what does that mean? Um, basically, when you study the plagues of, of Egypt, you see that when, when God was issuing out the plagues, the children of Israel were not subject to those plagues. There was, by no, you know, no doing, no, no act, no work of their own. But when it came over the final plague, which was taking out the firstborn um, in the household of the Egyptians, they did have something that they had to do. He gave them instructions on putting that blood over the doorpost because he told them, I'm about to send a plague for the Egyptians, but if you do this, I'm paraphrasing, if you do this, put the blood over the doorpost, then the death angel will bypass your home. So now there was something that they had to do to avoid that plague affecting them, where before they didn't have to do anything. They could just keep doing, get married, you know, washing their clothes when they want to, working when they want to. I don't know what they did, but whatever it is, they, they were able to just live life however they saw fit and the plagues didn't touch them. But with the door over the blood post, when that final plague came, they had to be obedient in order for that plague not to touch their household. And it says that they did all that they were instructed to do by, you know, what Aaron and Moses told them, the command of the Lord, they did it, which is the reason why the plague didn't touch them. You know, and, and so why why didn't God just strike the Egyptians? Why did why did He make them do something? You know, it was an act of obedience. Um, and we're coming into a season as a body of Christ, a blood over the doorpost season, where God told them, "I'm sending out this plague for the Egyptians." Let's just read it. Let's just recap, whether you heard it or not last week. Let's recap because I want to read it verbatim. So let's go here. Um, In Exodus, I know that. Mm-hmm. Give me a minute here. highlighted it last week, but it didn't say because I wasn't logged into my Bible app. Okay, so Exodus 12. What is that verse? Let's start with 
still in Mountain King James. Okay, Exodus twelve thirteen. It doesn't look like the one I read last week. Let's start with 12. For I, the Lord, will pass through the land of Egypt on this night and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and animal, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments, exhibiting their worthlessness. I am the, I am the Lord. The blood shall be assigned for you on the doorpost of the house Houses where you live. When I see the blood, I shall pass over you, and no affliction shall happen to you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So he's telling them right there that this plague is for the Egyptians. So then, let's go to 21. It says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take a lamb for yourselves according to the size of your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood which is in the basin, and touch some of the blood to the lintel above the doorway and to the two doorposts, and none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel above the entryway and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to slay you. You shall observe this event concerning Passover as an ordinance for you and for your children forever. When you enter the land which the Lord will give you as he has promised, you shall keep and observe this service. When your children say to you, what does this service mean to you? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads low and worshiped God. Then the Israelites went and did as they had been told, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Then verse 29 says, Now it happened at midnight that the Lord struck every firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. Pharaoh got up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry of heartache and sorrow in Egypt, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. So again, the Lord, first we hear where the Lord's giving uh, Moses and Aaron the instruction. That's the part that I didn't read last week. I read, I started last week where uh, they're, they're telling, relaying the message, basically. Um, last night, Randy was talking about Moses, and he said Moses was basically a glorified secretary because he was just take, you know, he was just writing down what the Lord said and giving the messages that the Lord said. But, I mean, if you're going to be a secretary, a glorified one, the best is to be uh, to the Lord. But, um yeah, so last week when we read it, we read it from when um, Moses was telling the elders what the Lord had told him. But this week, the Lord had me go back and read when he had told it to Moses, which um, I know when we talked about the plagues last week, we talked about, I told you how I studied Egyptology as a child, and God literally mocked the gods of the uh, Egyptians in the type of plagues that he did. And, you know, if you want to get into that, read more into that. But I didn't even notice or remember that when the Lord gave the instruction that he basically said he was um, condemning them and their gods. 
So um, that's pretty cool for me. <laughs> so anyways, with the blood over the doorpost, again, the Lord said, I'm sending this plague to the Egyptians. So he told the intent of it, but said in order for it to not affect you, this is what you need to do. So if they would not have done that, that plague would have affected them. Their first firstborn would have died because we see that after it was all said and done, there was not one household in Egypt that that were part of the Egyptians' households. There wasn't one house that wasn't affected by death. And so that means that if they would have been disobedient, then what was not even intended for them would have affected them. And so when we're entering into the season of the blood over the doorpost, our obedience is going to be key to us not affect being affected by things that the Lord unleashes that's not intended for us because we can be affected. And I told you guys a story before about how the Lord told me I was dealing with somebody. The Lord said, get away from this person. I'm about to deal with this person. And if you're dealing with them, you're going to be affected by it. And me being, you know, at that time, some bleeding heart, you know, I, things started to happen in this person's life. And instead of me saying, whoa, whoa, there it is. Let me, let me pack my bags and get gone. No, I tried to help. And when the, the, the overflow happened, guess who was affected? I was. So something that was not intended for me, I was affected by. And it wasn't like it splashed on me and I was able to just wash it off. No, this affected me for the longest. It affected my finances, which is the way that I helped this person. God was dealing with this person and told me, I'm going to deal with this person. I'm going to dry them out. I'm going to, you know, things that, things that they try to put their hand to, it's not going to succeed. I remember even calling into Randy's show and having Randy pray for this person. And it was the first time I ever heard Randy give a prophecy the way he did. Basically telling this person, Every, nothing's going to succeed until you turn it over to the Lord. I've never heard Randy give a prophecy like that at that time. I'd never heard that. Um, and so uh, when things started to go down and I gave money to try to help, my money, it's like my money became cursed. I could not keep money. It's like spiritual moths would eat my money. Like if my money was in a vault, um, you know, airproof, insect-proof, I'd open the vault and, and go in there and it'd be a dollar just floating around. Like it affected my finances for a while. You know, I had enough to take care of needs, but I had no extra. <clears throat> and then sometimes even when it came to um, taking care of needs, uh, it was like barely, uh, barely. So I understand being affected by something that's not intended for you because I was disobedient. And so it's important for us in this, in this coming season, our obedience is going to be key to our protection. It really is. It's, the playtime is over. Doing things, knowing, knowing the Lord is telling you not to do that. Because some people, you know, you know when you're not supposed to be doing something. You know when you're not supposed to be dealing with a person. You know when it's time for you to quit your job, but you're allowing fear of finances. You know when you're supposed to move. You you be knowing, but you, you'll talk yourself out of it because you, you're trying to move practical. You, you can't move practical in this season. Because if you do, now things that weren't intended for you, you're going to be affected by. Now you're dealing with unnecessary things 
unnecessary, you know, trauma and drama because you were choosing to be disobedient because you didn't serve the right thing. You got to choose each day, just like you should be. Choose you this day who you will serve. Are you going to serve your 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 your, your practical nature? Are you going to serve your flesh? Your need to be in a relationship? Are you going to serve your your how long you've been at that job? Are you going to serve your city because that's where you were raised? Are you going to serve your friends? You better choose wisely because it's going to be the difference between your protection and your exposure. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to die or family. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know the Lord said that we're coming into a blood over the door postseason, so it's imperative that we are obedient. That time of disobedience, stop it and ask the Lord for help because he's there to help you. He's going to help you. The stakes are, are, are higher now. Now you've been doing little things that you've been, oh, it's just a little drink here, a little fornication there. Now the stakes might be higher. Now you're bringing upon yourself a, a plague. You don't want that because God's protection is not in that. It's, it's exposure. And I really want to, I'm going to probably stress this, feel the law, and I, I really know that for sure that that's going to be happening in 2024. I told you every year the Lord gives me like what the, what the spiritual theme is for the year. And even one of the things that uh, he told me for this year was confirmed <laughs> through Randy with, with Terrence and I gave a prophecy recently about uh, restoration. And that's one of the themes for uh, this year is restoring. So for 2023, it said God restoring breakthroughs and exposure. Now, the exposure that I'm talking about is being left open to things that you're not supposed to, but the exposure um, for this year is, is people being exposed. People who have been hiding, people who have been having their, you know, their sheep costume on, but they're truly wolves and the, the, the mask falling off, seeing things for what they really are. That's the type of exposure that's going on this year. But next year, if you're not obedient, exposure means being out being left, being left outside to the, to, to the elements that you're not designed to be exposed to. Right, that's sometimes a cause of death for people, exposure to the elements, because you didn't have any protection from those elements. There's elements that are coming onto the earth, elements that's not for us as believers. But if we're not under the protection, we're not under the awning of God out of disobedience, because we're, oh, what's that over there? Now we're left exposed, then it can harm us, and it's, it wasn't intended to harm us. So let's Let's get ourselves together. Does that mean you have to be perfect? Absolutely not, because you don't have the ability to be perfect. It's not possible for you to be perfect. But there's a difference between imperfection and disobedience. Disobedience is deliberate. And delayed obedience is disobedient. I know God's telling me to do that now, but I'm going to do it next week. That's disobedient. Oh, I know what the Lord says, but that's disobedient. Because you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you're not doing it for fear or whatever, whatever 
reason. And now you're choosing to serve whatever the other reason is and not God. Because there's a lack of trust. So let's get our trust levels up. Let's hear the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So you don't have the luxury of saying, oh, I don't have enough faith. But you know what it takes to get more faith. That's like you being broken, your job offering unlimited overtime that you have the ability to work, but you choose it not to. Then don't complain about being broke. Don't complain about not having enough faith when you know faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God, but you listening to everything but God. Spend your days and nights vegging out, watching junk trash, things that are not, not going to grow you, things that are going to input bad information in you. I don't have enough faith because you don't want enough faith. Because even if you have faith to get more faith, you're going to do a work, right? Because faith without works is dead. That means it, it's not alive. It don't exist. So if you want more faith, do what it takes to get more faith. Because you need it. If you want to be obedient, be obedient. Because again, that play, that playing around, that's, that's, that's a wrap. We've been under grace, and we're still under grace, and we will continue to be under grace, but some people have been abusing grace to keep doing what they want. Now, that fornication, yeah, you might catch an incurable disease. Now, that lying, yeah, you might get locked up. Now, that doing all these little things that you've been doing, oh, everybody does it. Okay, well, you do it. It's going to be different now. Hear what I'm saying. The season is coming. Well, your obedience is key. Sometimes we get ourselves in situations, it'd be our own doing. We really be trying to blame the devil. It's you. I used to like watching Scooby-Doo when I was a kid to try to figure out who the bad guy was. And at the end, they pull off the sheet, Mr. Rogers. And he always say, I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you pesky kids, he or she, whoever it was. Sometimes when we pull the sheet off, it's you. You're the bad guy. You're the culprit. It's you. So let's turn that on around. I'm speaking to myself, too. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me, too. I'm ministering to all of us. It's time to put our toys away and grow up and grow up now. It's time to walk in maturity and say, yeah, I want to do this, but I can't do this. Some of you can't afford to keep eating the way you're eating. And, and God is telling you to change and clean up your eating. And you still eating bad. You still ain't drinking water. You're still drinking diet this and, and carbonated that. Tell me, it got water in it. Okay, but it also has all these chemicals and all this stuff. You need water. Run it like the way water tastes. Well, then get a filter. Put some lemon in it. Do something. But God keeps telling you to do something. Go on a walk every day, but you, I don't know, there's bugs outside of this, that, and the other. Go on that walk. Drink your water. Clean up your eating. Stop fornicating or whatever you're doing. Drop that relationship that's not serving you. That's sucking the life out of you. That's pulling you away. Apply for that job. Quit that other job. Whatever he's telling you to do. Sometimes it's do nothing. Stand down. If he's telling you to do nothing, stand down. If he's telling you to go back to school, get to researching what school you're going to. Lord, which school you want me to go to? Telling you to be quiet, then be quiet. And if he's telling you to speak up, then speak up. But just do it with what you need to do. 
Lord, what do you want me to do? So he said, that puts a lot of pressure on me. Ask the Lord every day, what do you want me to do today? Because you know it's going to be tough. It's not going to be like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I should eat a bowl of cereal or eggs because I don't want to be disobedient. Like, nobody's telling you. I'm talking about it's going to be specific. You're going to know specific things. So you're doing it at 5 or 5.30, you don't want to be disobedient. Like where God is speaking to you and telling you and you, you're feeling the impressions like, okay, I should, I know I, need, I know I need to do this or I know I don't need to do that. So it's not like eh, nitpicky. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, what it's like, if you know, you know, because I don't know what God is telling you unless he divulges that information to me. I don't have that ability. I am not all knowing. I know what God tells me to know. That's it. And I mute, pray for you. I don't know everything about you. I know whatever God chooses to disclose to me. But you know what conversations you're having. You know what you need to be doing. There's a prophecy about to come to pass that Terrence and I have been believing for for a very long time. And last night's message that Randy gave was for me. Because Terrence and I were just talking about it. It was for me. I'm talking about that grace. And talking about how, how when you have an understanding of people, how you there's a grace that you have for them and even your enemies, how there's a love that you have for that was for me. Because I know some things that's about to go down. And it's important that my heart is right concerning certain people. So you you be knowing what's going on with you. Randy didn't know that. Terrence didn't even know some of the stuff. But that message was for me. I could tell you that. Now, it probably blessed a whole bunch of other people, too. But when I tuned in, I was like, oh, Lord, you're speaking to me. That's for me. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those things that you know, you and the love between you and the Lord. And he's telling you whether you told somebody else or not. A couple of years ago, Terrence's cousin came to visit us for um, right around Thanksgiving. And I'm the type of person that... Um, I, I don't just receive every prophecy from from any any old body, right? Um, I'm very selective. That's why, like, God called me to this ministry. And Randy has been so accurate about things like, I, I you know, but God had to lead me here. But uh, that morning that uh, Terrence's cousin came, well, he's my cousin too, my cousin-in-law. But um, when he came that morning or that afternoon, that morning, God and I had a conversation about something that I didn't make Terrence aware of. It was just between me and the Lord. And so, you know, this is my first time meeting his cousin in person, um, lovely man of God, prophetic man. Um, so we're talking and he just starts prophesying. Like out of nowhere. <laughs> but the first thing he said to me, he literally prophesied and talked about the conversation that God and I had had that morning that Terrence wasn't even aware of. I had not told Terrence yet. And he went, I mean, to the finest detail about the conversation. I was by myself in my car when God and I had this conversation. Nobody was privy to it. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Because the Lord knows how I am. So he had to first, the first thing was, hey, I I want you to trust what he's telling you. So I'm going to confirm something that nobody else no other human being is privy to because it was just you and I in that conversation so that way I was able to accept the rest of the prophecies that he said which were prophecies that God had already spoke to me about too but I was kind of like losing hope on some of them 
But one of the prophecies that God had given me and Terrence, actually, we had been believing a long time for, and I was getting tired. It was, I was starting to get to the point of like, you know, I don't even care no more. Like, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Where I was like, I don't care if that happened or don't happen. I'm, I'm tired. It ain't happened. So I'm at the point where I don't care if it does. Like, this is the type of attitude I had concerning that prophecy. Just being honest, right? Because I'm a human being just like you. We all get tired. And the Lord specifically brought up that particular prophecy again and gave him a timeline to give me. He said, this prophecy, he gave the prophecy. He said, it's going to happen within two years. This was two years ago that he came. And so now we're, we're on the brink of that prophecy coming to pass, and, and, and I'm very excited about it. But, but the Lord has been preparing me for it and, 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 it's, and saying, hey, I need you to be obedient in these areas for that to come to pass, which I have been. So all that to say, you know, you and the Lord know what conversations y'all have. He, that man didn't know about, first of all, he didn't know nothing about that first thing that he prophesied over me. He had no clue. My own husband didn't know. Second of all, he didn't even know even about the prophecy that he gave with the timeline. We told him afterwards, like, oh my gosh, we've been believing this. God personally spoke it to us. God confirmed it with the ministry we're part of and other other people confirmed it with. Um, but I told him, I was like, but I was getting really tired to where I was like really willing to like forego it. Like, I don't even want it no more at this point because I've been living this long way out. So I don't care anymore because I'm, I'm tired. It's, it's hurtful at this point. It's hurting me. It's draining me. It's sucking me. So I, I don't, I just rather just learn how to deal without, without it than keep believing and getting my hopes up only to be, you know, feel like my hopes are being, you know, uh, let down constantly the constant set of let down like i'm tired of being let down i'd rather just permanently be let down and know that it is what it is and learn how to cope and move on and he had no idea so when he gave the timeline i was like i i needed that i really need that timeline because i was like i was on like i like i i ain't gonna keep holding on the lord knows you know the lord knows he knows that he i was on the brink of just giving up altogether to where i was like oh, okay, i can't believe and i fast and i pray and i'm done i was like right on the edge of that But the Lord, the Lord knew what was going on. So when I'm talking about this season of obedience, I'm not talking about if you should buy the store brand ketchup or the name brand ketchup. I'm talking about things specific to your life that God has been speaking to you about and dealing with you about. It is time to, to, to do what needs to be done. So don't be walking around all scared. Oh, my gosh, if I eat crushed ice versus cubed ice, I'm going to. No, no, it's not, not that deep. It's things that are specific to you. God is telling you to do it, do it. If God is telling you not to do it, don't do it. Whatever it is, be obedient. Because if not, you are going to set yourself up for exposure. Like the timeline is we're, 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 it's crunching down. The Lord has always used an hourglass for me to represent the end times. So it's like, you know what hourglass is? It's like two triangles, Right? Attach at the tip, sand on each side, and you can flip it, and the sand goes down. For those who don't, Google hourglass. Um, it's like we're, we're, we're coming to those final grains of sand. So we're, we are, time, time is about to expire. God created time, and even time has a end. The whole concept of time, right? Because when, when time ends, 
we go into eternity where there, there, there's not, quote, uh, like there's not time. It's not measured the way that we measure time. That's an earthly uh, thing, time. Because that's why for us as humans, it's hard for us to imagine eternity because we don't have that here. Everything is, uh, is numeric and based on time. Everything, what time you go to work, what time you wake up, uh, everything is time-based. What time your show comes on, what time do your children have to be at school, or what time do you, is, your, is your deadline to get this completed? Like everything we do is governed by time. And, but at some point, time ends, and we go into the eternal realm, which is different than this timed realm. But time itself has an ending, and we're nearing that. That's why even word calls it the end times, right? So anywho, let's do a collective prayer, and then we're going to pray over everybody. I think Terrence went off to go back and take his nap. He was tired. He had a long day. Pray for our brother because... We have discovered, <laughs> we discovered, uh, we discovered something going on at his job with one of the people. And I have some suspicions. I'm not even going to go into detail about it. I'll go into detail when God deals with that completely, but uh, we know what it is now. So, you know, one thing about when you're, when you're called, you, you fight spiritual battles everywhere. It's like, it doesn't just stop at your home or whatever. It's, it'd be at your job. It, it'd be your neighbors. It could be all sorts of stuff. Um, and Terrence is the type of man, he's a straight shooter. He's, he loves everybody. He's always doing the godly thing. He lets God lead him everywhere. And that's something that a lot of people forget. You have to let God lead you even at work, right? You don't say, oh, hey, well, when you get to your office door, wait, Jesus, I'll be back at five. No, bring him in with you and he'll help you, you know, while you're there because you're never just there to collect a check. You're there for the people too. But so he's been battling some spiritual battles um, at his job. And, you know, that's, that's, that could be exhausting. It's got a lot going on. So just keep him lifted in prayer because uh, he certainly needs it. So I'm happy that he's resting and taking naps and doing what needs to be done because he needs that. Sometimes you need a nap. Look at when Elijah uh, <clears throat> was chased by Jezebel, you know, and he went off drinking my water. And um, when he was in despair, uh, when the angel came, he told him to take a nap and, and eat. So make sure you're eating. Make sure you're eating nutritious, right? If you want to eat a little junk here and there, there's nothing wrong with eating a little junk, but don't have your whole day filled with junk. You need good food. You know, make sure you're eating your fruits and vegetables and your grains and, you know, eat, eat things. You're, you're, you know what you need to eat. God will teach you how to eat. You know, if you need to eat cereal in the morning or oatmeal or, you know, eggs or whatever it is that you need to eat, God will teach you how to eat, how to nourish your body, what your body likes, what your body doesn't like. Like Terrence needs vegetables every day. We all do. But like if he if we go a day and we maybe ate some cereal for breakfast and maybe a sandwich for lunch or something and had something starchy like a pasta for dinner and didn't have a vegetable like his his body would be like hey what's going on start protesting need those veggies um, so make sure you're getting your veggies in and make sure now that you're you know boosting your immune system we just got a whole bunch of like pomegranate juice and stuff and taking our multivitamins so make sure you're boosting your immune system um, but most importantly make sure you're drinking your water. Terrence got me to do one of these jugs that have the time, like 7 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever. Like, I fill it up in the morning, and then, like, by a certain time, I should be drinking, you know, certain amounts. I don't always get it to the time, but I try to at least drink the bottle by the end of the day. 
which is the most important so that I'm getting my water because I notice when I don't drink my water, I feel different. Even though my thoughts feel like, like they're stuck. <laughs> uh, my body feels different. So it's important to drink water. Like even if I drink other things throughout the day, like I like to, you know, sometimes have grape juice or um, something like that. Maybe a little apple juice, uh, Gatorade. I don't drink, drink a whole, whole lot of it, but I like to have it every now and again. Terrence likes to drink Gatorades, but he drinks a lot of water too. Um, I always want to still make sure I'm drinking just water. So make sure you're drinking your water and doing what you need to do. Um, we got we to gotta be healthy, mind, body, spirit. Make sure you're walking every day. I have a treadmill because, like, my allergies flare up really bad. And then this summer in Texas has been, like, brutally hot. And um, I have prayed about it. I'm like, Lord, I need to go because I was going on walks, and it was just tearing me up. Like, by the time I would get home, I was just down for the count with my allergies and stuff. And I prayed, I'm like, Lord, I know I need to go on my walk, so, like, I need you to heal my allergies, <laughs> something, and and then out of the blue, Terrence bought me a treadmill, I didn't even tell him about the struggle that I was feeling about my walks and all that, but he bought me a treadmill, I said the Lord told him to buy me a treadmill, so I walk on it every morning, every morning I walk on my treadmill, um, at least 30 minutes minimum, like yesterday I did an hour, Every and it, it's made a huge difference. With my stamina, with even my web, lost 10 pounds just doing that, not, not changing the way I eat, just walking every day. So make sure you're walking, exercising, do what you need to do. Get with the Lord because we, we want you around. The Lord wants you around. If you're here, he wants you around. Let's not do things to where we're prematurely not here. Let's do our part. If we've got a message, we've got a call, we've got to do our part to make sure that we're healthy and we're here. Who wants to be here broke down on a kickstand? I know I don't. So let's do what we need to do, um, and let's be obedient to the things that God is personally telling us. Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for today, another opportunity to, to praise your name, to speak about your word, to sharpen and love on one another. Uh, we're grateful, Lord, for your guidance and direction. You don't leave us like lost sheep without a shepherd. You are the good shepherd, and you, and you, and you guide us, and you, you put us where we need to be. And we're grateful for that. So, Lord, help us to grow in our faith. Help us to, like, have a taste for the things that are going to strengthen us and grow us and, and help us in our journey, the things that, are, that line up to developing us to be who you created us to be and give us a distaste for the things that are not serving us, that are distracting us, that are stumbling blocks to us, that, that are just time wastes and time sucks. Help us every day to seek your face and to seek your direction. Lord, what is it that you want me to do today? Help us in our, our disobedience. Help us to be obedient because we desire to please you. We want to be obedient servants. We're not here for the things of the earth. We're here to serve a purpose. We're in the world. We're not of it. We're here as representatives of Christ. We're here as citizens of heaven, recruiting more people to become citizens of heaven. Help us to put our mind on, on the truth of, 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 of the matter. It's nice to be comfortable and have a nice home or drive nice cars or make a lot of money. All that's, that's great, but that's not why we're here. So help us to focus on why we're really here and to do that work and to trust you. Help us to like, if, if we need to redirect our thoughts, help us to do that. We have goals and aspirations, but let our ultimate goal and, and aspiration be to serve and please you above and, 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 and beyond. 
We have people sometimes have little boards and things, the goal boards and all that. Let, let that not be our focus. Let our focus be you. If we seek first the kingdom of God, then all that other stuff is added onto us. So let us not get caught up in the things of the world, but to get caught up in your will for our lives. So, Lord, help me to decrease as you increase. Give your people what they need tonight, Father God. Help them to hear my words, but your, your, your words, my voice, rather, but your words. So they're hearing me, but they're hearing you. It's powered by you. Give your people what they need and help them in their unbelief, their doubt, their fears, their struggles, whatever hindering them. We speak against those hindrances. I speak against strongholds in the name of Jesus, against ill thinking in the name of Jesus. And I speak courage and strength to your people, Father God, that they will have an ear to hear what the Spirit is telling them and that they would want to be doers of what the Spirit is telling them. Help them to be successful, Father God, in all their ways and pleasing to you. Even if it offends or, or doesn't, people don't agree with them, that they're pleasing to you, Father God. We, we desire to be pleasing to you. So, Lord, we just love and honor you, and we pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's getting dark in my office. Let me turn the light on and get my notepad ready. Again, don't forget the super blue moon is tonight. Go take a peek at it. Take some photos. I know I'm excited to see it. Um, let me get my... Notepad. I'm going to do like I did last week. Um, actually, no, last week there was not that many of you. <laughs> I think there were like only two people last week. Um, but there's a few of you today. So I'm just going to mute, get your name, pray, and go down the line like that. But I'm just getting my notepads. I don't want to miss anybody. All right. First person is... 610969. Who am I speaking with? Turn my Shalom. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Oh, I can hear you. How are you tonight? Um, I'm blessed. I wanted to tell you guys something real quick. Sure. Real quick. Um, y'all prayed the other week when um when I don't know, I was running around. I was running around and doing stuff while you were on the Bluetooth. Anyway, when I came back, I guess you guys were praying for me, but I didn't know it until I heard um, Devante. Prophet um, mm. um, Terrence prayed for Devante, and he was saying about the fear of the Lord. He was saying that he's scared, and he was dealing with fear. He was there was a there was a scare. Um, I'm not going to get too personal. There was a scare that he was scared of, and mm-hmm. um, and he picked up on it. Brother Terrence picked up on it and prayed for Devante. So I wanted to thank you wow. for that wow. and tell and say it was right on point because um, at that time he said about God has not given us the spirit of fear. We know it's power, love, and a sound mind, and then about having fear of the Lord and how because fear can be confusing because um we're we're afraid of the things that we're you know that we shouldn't be that we shouldn't we don't need to be and then having the fear of the lord is really the fear that we should have so he gave that word um you guys prayed for me because um i was muted but like that when i 
when I found that, when I realized you were talking to me, um, it was already because you were you already had muted it, um, but you were already praying for Devante. So then I listened to it, and then you were praying for me, Tanisha. You were saying that uh, having the heart of the Father, basically. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting because that's I was dealing with um, different people at that time, and um, God was giving me the how to re- like uh, interact, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How to mm-hmm. interact and engage with different people and a whole bunch of different people and a whole bunch of different situations. Some personal with me, some happens to do with Devante um, and the situation that he was in at the time. And um, he wants to say thank you. So he's right here. You could tell uh, Brother Terrence. Okay. Okay. Say hi, Devante. Hi. Hey, Devante. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. I'm glad that uh, Terrence blessed you with that prophecy he gave the other week. Oh, yeah, for sure. He, he, was, he was spot on. He didn't talk to me. Awesome. And then um, yeah. I read Psalms, was it 14? Mm-hmm. Not very long. Psalms right after that. Oh yeah, I had this dream too. I'll tell you about this dream I had. And this is like two weeks later, but my mom was praying on me on the phone. She prays that I have dreams, and she always prays that I have dreams, but I'll never get them. So this time, like, I, I, but usually I always agree with her, but it didn't happen. So this time, I didn't agree with her. I just like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever. But I went to sleep. Had a dream. I was in my house. And the pilot light was on. And I woke mm-hmm. up in my dream in my house. I was sleeping in my dream, and I woke up, and I was like, oh, crap, I don't have time to go turn the uh, pilot off. And uh, the house is about to blow up. So I said, dear God, if, if, Jesus, is, if, if Jesus is real, then um, please, I'm sorry for my sins, I want to go to heaven. Well, the house blows up. And I, at first, I started going up, like, like, um, like, like vertical. And then all of a sudden, like, it stopped, and I started dropping down. I went down 18 dimensions. I remember 18 dimensions exactly. And um, then uh, uh, in the dream, God was mad that I didn't, that I wasn't, like, I didn't believe in Jesus fully. But, like, I always believed in Jesus my whole life. Like, l- lately, last week, I was going through so much hell. So, like, I didn't know Jesus. Was, like, I was, like, I was, like, my, on my path, I was, like, I didn't know Jesus is truly Messiah. Because I didn't believe Jesus is truly Messiah with all my heart, I went to hell. And I woke up and I was like, really scared. But now I know for a fact that Jesus is the true Messiah, like, without a doubt. I never questioned it my whole life until the last three years we going to hell. Wow. wow. I don't know if God is mad that you didn't believe, but hey, the no, way, no, yeah, the way think... your perception is is what matters. And... He knows the perception. No, it's because like, you have to believe that Jesus is the Messiah without a doubt in your mind to go to heaven. You can't be wishy-washy about it. You can't, you, like I said, like, don't be lukewarm. Like, uh, me saying like that, that was being lukewarm. I wasn't being on fire. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's a pretty intense dream. You know, I, years ago, had a dream where um, I went to hell in my dream. And in, in my dream, I was in a car accident and died. And I knew in the dream that I was, that I had died and I was excited thinking like, oh, I'm about to go to heaven. And then I went down, 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 like past the earth, past the like dirt, lava, and then I ended up in blood. 
Wow. It was the most real feeling. Like, I really feel that I was really there. Like, came in the form of a dream, but the way I experienced it, I felt like I was really there because I experienced it like, just like talking to you now. Like, that's how real it felt. And even while I was there, I, I experienced it just like I experienced life now. It wasn't any different. It was like mind, body, spirit. I mean, I'm a disembodied spirit, but I felt the same emotion, everything the same um, while I was there. Very scary for me, but I, it, it helps me to minister to people, even the most um, people that are like, that people would normally give up on, like people who are like the way society would look like throwaways. It makes me even pray for them because it was so awful. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. You know, and sometimes people say, oh, you know, you hear about heinous crimes and things, and you're like, oh, you know, hope they're burning in hell. And I'm like, it's so awful that, no, you don't. And it's hard to say that people don't get it, but until you've experienced it, and I pray that nobody does, because if anybody does, likely they're experiencing it because they went, it's, 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 it's the most awful experience. It's, it's almost hard to even describe how awful it was. So um, it's, it's, it's something that God will use even in your, your call because he might make you, you know, he might call you to minister to undesirable people um, or forgive people for certain things. And, and it becomes easier when you know what's at stake. You know that this is a temporary situation. Like our life here, is, God describes it as a vapor. It's temporary. We're here to make our decision for eternity. And so all this other stuff is just other stuff. Like it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It matters here on earth, but eternity is what's more important. So God is going to use that experience to, to for you to have a different compassion level. And even when you minister to people that are like tough people or people that are, are hard or people who have done some pretty rotten things where you'll say, you know what? I, I still don't want you to go to that place because it's a real place. It's not made up. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a fear topic. Hell is real. It's wow. a for real place. And so many people don't believe that. A lot of people, especially now in the world, they're like, oh, that's just something to scare people into doing the right thing. Okay, well, no, I don't even want to test that theory. Because, you know, what I tell people when they try to debate me about it, whether I'm right or wrong, you're going to remember for eternity. So I hope that it's because of you, you made it. Because one thing about hell, you retain memory. You remember that you don't have to be there. You remember every time somebody ministered to you and you rejected it. It's part of the torment. It's wow. part of it. You're there. It's like they tease you. The demons, not nana, nana, boo, boo, you're here, ha, ha. We tricked you. Remember when, 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 when Sister Lisa was telling you, remember when Brother Devante was telling you about this place? And, and and we told you to say it's a fairy tale. It's not, and you're stuck there forever. Like for real, you're tormented. Wow. By you remember your your mind is the same. It's not like when we go to heaven and we're not going to have the same. We're going to have the mind of Christ when we're there. But when when you're in hell, you keep that human fleshly death mind while you're there, so you wow. know you didn't have to be there. It was a choice. The decision that you made landed you there. So. Wow. Let God use that to, to for the call that He has on your life 
so that you remember that. I remember that, you know, when people, I've had some, you know, rotten things done to me and, and to my children. And I remember that. I still don't wish hell on the people. I don't, I don't wish that on people because I know that they're, they're a person that something caused them to, to behave and be the way that they are. And I just want them to be restored and because at the end of the day, whatever happens to here on Earth, in eternity, I'm, I'm not going to care about that stuff. I'm really not. None of us are. We're not going to be thinking about that. Remember the time when you stole my $10,000? We're not going to care about that. It doesn't matter. It won't matter there, so we have to let it not matter here. But we have to use every tool that God has given us to do what God has called us to do. So Javante used that to have just a, a, a fire for God when it comes to the law because you know it's real. You've been there. It's a real place. So I'm going to pray for you both. And, I want to uh, say just one last thing. Um, uh-huh. uh, I just want to say one last thing. I want to remind you, uh, a couple months ago, Devante was going through stuff and I was asking for prayer and you had talked about cement because it was one of those times that you just took the name and you said that you saw like cement mm, and that God mm-hmm. was going to um, demolish it. I'm paraphrasing. And that you said that um, God is going to use his, what he's going through and all this and the mind battle and all that. Um, you, you, you said that before that God was really going to use it in his call. And other people have said that as well. And I have told him that. So that was confirmation. So I just wanted to let you know that. Thank wow. you guys. Love you guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Love you too. Well, we just thank you right now for Lisa. Father God, we thank you for just continuing to grow her in wisdom, that, that, that her wisdom shall be known for her wisdom, Lord. Just like Solomon was known for his wisdom to where people came from all around the world because they wanted to, um, to test it almost. They, they, they wanted to present problems to him that they could not come up with solutions. There was all these different reasons why people were, were, were drawn to him, but it was because he was known for being wise. So thank you, Lord, for the wisdom uh, that you're giving uh, Lisa um, and, and wisdom that people don't typically have um, about the spiritual realm and, and things that are really going on. Um, that scares some people, but we, we need to know what's, what's happening. So thank you, Lord, that you're, that you're versing her in, in the spiritual things. Um, giving her wisdom in, in the spiritual things, what's going on behind the scenes where she'll clearly be able to see what what it is and call it out um, and, and and plead the blood. So I thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for Devante, Father God. We just thank you for the fire, the fire in his belly that's, that's, that's burning. We thank you that you're pouring a spiritual gasoline um, on the fire of his belly um, to, to, to reach the lost, to minister the truth, to tell people, um, that Jesus is real. And if Jesus is real, his word is real. If his word is real, then we can believe the words. If we can believe the words, then we are more than conquerors. Then we are what the word of God says. Then we are able to overcome. Then we are able to achieve. Then we are all the things that you said that we are. So I thank you, Father God, for the calling on his, on his life. Bring forth that fire, that fire for Christ, Lord, that fire to reach the lost and the undesirable and the throwaways and the people that, that others have given up on, even people who have given up on themselves. Use him, Father God, to provide hope to people and to minister the truth and to present it in a way where they will know that it's true. They will believe him 
and in turn become believers of Christ. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to our next caller here. That was intense. That was good stuff. 240482, who am I speaking with? Uh, this is uh, Valerie from North Carolina. Hey, Valerie, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for Valerie, Lord. Thank you for, for just making things right. Uh, it's like some things have been done, some wrongs have been done. Sometimes things have been done wrong and we just be like, eh, it is what it is. I know for myself, um, and sometimes we don't know, right? For myself, uh, the last job that I worked, I was there for quite a while, but um, when I got onto the job, the, the pay that I was receiving, it was more than what I was getting at my previous job. So I was cool with it because I was making more money, right? And I was getting bonuses and things like that. So it was it compensated. But I found out um, towards the end of my my tenure with the job that I I I was being done wrong with my pay. Now I I didn't know that at the time that I took the job I was just happy to be making more money and have an opportunity to you know bonus and all that kind of stuff so I was cool with that but I didn't know that I was being wronged. Um, once I found out. I wanted to say something about it. And the Lord was like, no, wait, 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 wait. And he told me when to say something. He told me what to even say. And the wrong was made right. And so, um, and they even back paid me. So then it back paid me to my start date, but they did give me, provide me some back pay. And then I even found out with that same company um, that this was early when I was working there, maybe like within a year of me working there, found out that they were, um, overcharging me for my benefits. They were double charging me for like my medical, dental, vision, all that kind of stuff. I didn't know because I was new. So I, you know, you know, you read your benefits thing, but I wasn't like checking my chat, like, Oh, 1123 per pay period. Plus that I just figured that they had it together and they didn't, they brought it to my attention to say, Hey, we've been wronging you. Um, we've been overcharging you for your benefits. So we're going to make it right. So I'm like, okay, cool. So they told me they made it right. I had got some extra money on the check. Well, then like a month later, a person from benefits reached out and said, hey, we've, we've been overcharging you for benefits. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but they said that they had already made it right and I got a payment for it. And she goes, yeah, no, I did an a audit and we had only given you, uh, like back paid you for three months, but from the time you started with the company, we have been overcharging you for, for benefits. So I'm going to make that right. Now, I didn't even know that. I didn't know the first time. And then when they said they corrected it, I didn't know that they didn't correct it from the beginning. I didn't even know how long it, it went back. I just figured since they told me that they was going to fix it. Um, so then, you know, when they fixed it again, a second time, I again, this was things I was unaware of. So I see, uh, Valerie, things that have been wrong to you being made right. And these are not always going to be things that you know about, but God is still going to make them right. So, Lord, we thank you for, the, for, for, the, for things being made right. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Next is 919-292. Who am I speaking with? You there? 919-292. Hello. Okay, I'm going to pray for you anyway. Hopefully you go back and listen to the archives. Lord, we thank you for 919-292. We thank you for um, just 
really the the guidance of of what to do concerning finances um taking taking them out of the traditional way of doing things and and opening creativity to them to just follow your lead and to know that there's no failure in Christ um so I just thank you Lord that getting them out of the 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 mentality of how we typically earn income um like typically we we do it through jobs right um but I see the Lord taking you out of that way of thinking and, and opening you up to the creative realm um, to, to where you earn income in a, in a creative way. And, and sometimes that transition can be scary. I mean, just being honest, but it will be successful. So, Lord, I just thank you for that. Let that be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Next is 251-229. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Tanisha. Probably Tanisha. This is Sarah. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Hi. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. What How are you? For you? I'm doing good. Okay. okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for Sarah right now. Lord, thank you for just um, the companionship, uh, bringing companions to her, bringing uh, friends, people that she can uh, be herself with. Sometimes when we, especially with new friendships, we don't know how much we can open up to them, especially nowadays. People are just built different. <laughs> just you know, I don't know if it's just the influence, the the type of shows they watch. I I don't know, because you know you think it's a young thing, but even with the with with the, the older ladies, sometimes they're very messy or um, just a certain type of way. And so when you're meeting new people, sometimes you don't know if you can open up. But I see God bringing uh, friends and companions um, to you that you can completely be yourself with. Terrence and I were talking about that earlier about how like sometimes um, the church. Not not the whole, not the body of Christ, but like individual churches sometimes ruin ruin experiences for people because people feel like they can't be their full self. People are flawed. People have things that they're dealing with. People are 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 going from glory to glory, step by step. And sometimes people feel like they have to put on airs and pretend. And everybody needs somebody that they can just be their complete self with. You know, there's areas that you're growing in, uh, and and you need that person that can help you that, that will love you for who you are despite, you know, your flaws and your errors, and that'll pray you through it instead of, oh, no, because you're supposed to be a Christian. I hate people say, you're supposed to be a Christian. I am. I'm a flawed individual who needs a savior and has one who's who's cleaning me up. I'm, I'm different every year. I'm better every year. I've not been the same since serving Christ. And so I, I'm going to gonna keep working on me until I'm raptured or die. <laughs> so I see God bringing friends and companions that you can be completely be yourself with, um, that are going to love you, support you, help you, um, you're going to have fun with them, you're going to cry with them, you're going to sharpen them, they're going to sharpen you. We all need that. So I thank you for that. Let that be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Next, 754-255. Who am I speaking with? You there, 754-255? Okay, I'm going to pray for you still. I'm going to put question marks <laughs> on my notepad. Lord, I just thank you right now for 754-255. I thank you, Lord, for uh, the teaching. Teaching of uh, it, It's like God is teaching you, going to teach you gardening and how to, how to when you learn gardening, one of the things you have to learn is how to, how to pull out weeds. Um, and, and God's going to teach you about gardening to, to parallel to life. Sometimes there's weeds in life, um, and we have to learn how to pull them out. 
right? Because people tend to just pull them out. Like we're part of a homeowner association, which that's a whole other show. But they get on people about weeds. Thankfully, we, we haven't got any notices. Terrence stays on top of our yard. But um, people, I see a lot of complaints with our community about weeds. But when you study gardening, you have to pull weeds out a certain way. You can't just like pull them out from the surface. You have to like dig out, dig, dig them out from the root, kill it from the root for them not to return. Because if not, you just chopping it off, comes back. The root's still there. But I see God really teaching you about weeds so that you can learn how to pull weeds out in life too. Sometimes we have life weeds seem to keep popping up, popping up. And you're like, man, it seems like I can't get away from this. But it's because you're not digging it out from the root. We need to know the root of, of problems. Just like I was um, talking to somebody earlier about um, like court systems and dismantling them and telling them, hey, it's a demonic system that has that's ran by humans. So we have to get to the root of it, which is spiritual battle. We have to war on the spirit to really dismantle uh, demonic systems. Yeah, you could chop people off, but then somebody else will go back. Chop off the head, another one goes back. Chop off the head. Because it's ran by people. So to, to dismantle demonic systems, you have to war in the spirit. So to get rid of certain weeds in your life, you have to get to the root, which is a spiritual thing. So God is going to teach you how to do that so that you can have success. Because weeds choke things out. Weeds will choke out good things. Um, we don't want anything choked out of our life. Um, we want all that God has for us. So he's going to teach you how to, how to do that. So, Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Next is 910709. Who am I speaking with? This is Sylvia from North Carolina. Hey, Sylvia. How are you tonight? Great. And you? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling in tonight. Let me pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for Sylvia, Father God. We thank you for this uh, renewed strength. We thank you for uh, uh, supernatural health. See God really teaching you about uh, health. Um like health is it's it's mind, body, and spirit. Because if we if we're battling things spiritual, it will manifest in our body. If we're battling things mentally, it will manifest um, in our spirit and so on. They're like interconnected. And I see God really teaching you the importance of health and in all areas. We we have to be like when I'm going through something mentally, if I don't deal with it properly, like my back will hurt or something will hurt. Like it will show itself. So I can't deny it. You know, I could suppress it, but it will it will manifest somewhere else. Um, also, if if when I work out, like ever since I've been working out, and I've been doing this for a while now, doing my my daily walks, it, it helps me mentally. So it's all connected, and I see God really teaching you about health and the importance of all 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 the the the, the things that we need to that are all interconnected to keep us healthy. Because some people like I I I know of people who have like the most fit bodies but they are spiritually jacked up. <laughs> so it's like, and yeah, you're not really healthy if your spirit's not right or if your mind's not right. You got to have all, all of them right. And the Lord's going to really teach you about the spiritual health. So Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 803991, who am I speaking with? Hi, Tanisha. This is Angela, South Carolina. Hey, Angela. How are you tonight? I'm well. How are you all doing? Doing good. Let's pray for you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for Angela, Lord. Thank you for uh, her and her having the understanding uh, of how much you care for her. I heard birds. I think that was in your background. But when when I heard the birds, uh, I thought about the scripture about the birds. How they they don't toil. They don't think about what they're going to eat. But yet God takes care of them and how much 
more are we important than the birds? Um, so see you, God really showing you how much he take, he loves you and how, how he takes care of you and how he's going to take care of you. Um, because it's important to know that things will come against us, all sorts of things. But when we know our daddy takes care of us, we're good. We're like, okay, do what you do. But my daddy takes care of me. So I'm not worried about that. I had a situation recently that popped up on me and, um, Initially, I wanted to panic, and I took it to the Lord. The Lord was like, mm, don't worry about it. And then after I took it to the Lord, I took it to my husband, because I always take it to the Lord first, and took it to Terrence. And he said, don't worry about that. Do nothing. I don't feel the need to be doing well, We ain't worry about that, you know. And, and there was a peace that came over me, because I know my daddy takes care of me. Um, so I don't have to worry about certain things. Even when things are trying to, you know, try to shake me up or scare me. No, my dad takes care of me. My dad is the, is the owner uh, and the creator of the whole universe. If he's for me, what can be against me? Nothing. It's, it's like literally laughable. So you're going to really have that, that, that full understanding and awareness of how, of how God takes care of you and how, how much he loves you. So Lord, we thank you for Angela feeling that love, Lord, feeling it. It's one thing to know, it's another thing to feel it where she feels that love and, and she has that deep understanding of how you take care of her and how you will take care of her, how you will continue to take care of her. Yeah. Amen. Next is 608960. Who am I speaking with? Hello, it's Shannon. Hey, Shannon, how are you tonight? Good. Awesome. Let's pray for you. Holy Father, we thank you for Shannon. We thank you for the, the, the benefits, um, the benefits of, of heaven. Um, understanding the benefits and partaking, and I really see you really like understanding what what you're entitled to. Because for for like a while, I didn't understand that. When I understood what I was entitled to as a believer, I could not be stopped. I could not like it didn't matter what, who, what, why, where. Like I knew what I was entitled to, just like a job. Right, when you go to jobs, a lot of times there's more benefits at jobs than people realize. Like um, I worked for a major Fortune 500 company, and one of the benefits, they had like a store that we could buy things from at a discounted price that somebody else told me about. They were like, oh, did you know that we have access to this? And I'm like, I didn't know about that. What else? Tell me more. I want, I want all my benefits. I started finding out some of the stuff that I was entitled to. Oh, please believe. That I, I I took full advantage because I was entitled to those things. And so, Shannon, I see you really understanding the benefits of being a believer. There's benefits that you are entitled to. And God's going to make you aware. And you're going to partake. You're going to say, uh-uh, this, I'm entitled to this. These, Jesus died for me to have this. I'm not leaving nothing on the table because I know I'm not. I'm leaving nothing on the table. If Jesus died for me to have it, to have life and life more abundantly, I want all my abundance. So, Lord, we thank you for Shannon getting that full awareness of the benefits and the things that he's entitled to and partaking in it and being unstoppable through Christ, being unstoppable through Christ and taking off the old mentality, the old mindset and putting on that, that, that just that winner's mentality that I, I could do this through Christ mentality, that nobody could stop the plan of God mentality, that nobody could close doors, that God is open for me mentality, that nobody can open doors, that God is closed mentality, that warrior, let that warrior mentality 
come through in Jesus' name, where he fights to the finish for the things that he's entitled to, the benefits that, that you have already said that he is deserving of and, 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 and is owed. Let him leave nothing on the table. Let that be done in Jesus' name. Amen. That's everybody. I love you all. Go take a look at that moon, <laughs> that super blue moon tonight. Take your photos. Um, call back at 845. Call into Randy, his show. Um, let me get the call-in number. Give me a minute here. It is 319-527-6737. Hit one, get into the queue. Typically after his Wednesday message, he prays over everybody, kind of like I did. He unmutes, get your name and praise. Um, I love you all. We'll be praying for you. Um, until next time, good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.